This is recording number 11018 from the teaching ministry of Crossroads Community Church in Fairfield, California. It was recorded on Sunday morning, October 28, 2012. This is the third message in a series titled, The Playlist. This message by Randy Bolt is titled, When Your Identity is Challenged. We're continuing today a series of messages that we began a few weeks ago called The Playlist. And uh, we're talking about some of these psalms because they were songs. And in fact, many of them in the, in the header information, the title information, in the, it has, the, um, it has the, the tune that it was to be sung to. The, most of these were penned by David, King David, the guy, you know, David and Goliath, that whole thing. And... Um, we're looking at some of David's songs that are quoted or sung in the New Testament. And the reason for that is that I think a lot of these songs that David penned uh, are in some ways neglected by us because we don't see them as songs. We see them as poetry. And I don't, you know, look, I, I, I have written poetry I have an appreciation for it, but I don't spend my free time reading poetry. Uh, now, I, sen- I do spend my free time listening to music. And so I think that it's important for us to kind of realize, wait a minute, this is not just some sort of dead, lifeless, obscure kind of esoteric stuff. This is music. And I don't know about you, but I have some playlists on my various devices I have a playlist for when I want to exercise. I have a playlist for when I want to, a, a playlist for when I want to worship. I said playlist, didn't I? I have one of those too, but I, I have a playlist for when I'm, um, you know, feeling a little blue. I, ha- I have playlists. And I think God gave us an entire book, and, and there are other songs throughout the Bible, but they're concentrated in this book called the Psalms. So that we can turn to them just like we turn to the other sources of music in our life. Because music, you know this. Music has a way of getting in and around behind all of the, you know, barriers and stuff in our life and touching us in very deep places, doesn't, don't they? Songs do that, don't they? And so we're going to be looking at one of those songs today, Psalm 118. But before I do that, I want to, I mean, before we read it, I want to kind of set this up just a bit. Um, We're going to be talking today about when your identity is challenged. When your identity is challenged. And have you ever had your identity challenged? Who you are? You know, um, I told you earlier that I I spent a little bit of time in my life trying to be a singer. And, uh, you know, I I was actually part of a band. We recorded this album and and went on tour to, to promote it and all this stuff. And... Then we, we came back and I, I set up a meeting with the uh, president of the record company to talk to him about our next album. And I was going on and on about all of the things that I wanted to do, you know, the kinds of songs that I, you know, I had already written some of them and so forth. And the guy finally looks at me and he says, 
Randy, you don't get it. There's not going to be album number two. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, it was a blow. Because I, I had this idea, you know, this identity that I was like, you know, the fifth beetle or something. You know. <laughs> and that day, that identity got challenged in a big way. I mean, it was a good thing in the end. I don't, you know, thank God for it. But at the time, it didn't feel so good. I know what it's like to be a parent and you're in, you're in Target and your kid has a meltdown and throws a tantrum and you just know everybody there is thinking what a lousy parent that is, you know, and your identity as a parent. I mean, look, we can joke about it, but it doesn't feel good, does it? I mean, you, I know what it's like to lose a job and, and many of us have a lot invested in terms of our identity in a job and, and that goes away or maybe even the career goes away. And, and then who are you? I um, was, I told you a little bit last week about a, a very difficult time in our pastoral life, our pastoral ministry. Um, and uh, it, uh, you know, I don't want to, it would take too long to tell the whole story. So let me just try to make it, it as brief as possible. We, had, we came, uh, we had lived here in the Bay Area for a long time, went and served a small church in the Central Valley for about two or three years. That was the very difficult thing I talked about last week. But then after the Lord began to really turn that thing around and we were able to hand that church off to another pastor, we came back to the Bay Area to start with the purpose of starting a new church. We had already planted, earlier in our pastoral life, we'd planted a church. We were going to do that again. We didn't know where exactly in the Bay Area, but we were pretty sure the Lord wanted us here in the Bay Area, so we moved back and we're waiting on that. In the meantime, I had to figure out how to make a living. Because it was going to take, you know, some period of time before this church got up and running, before we could assemble a team of people that would help us and all of that kind of stuff. And we still had to eat, right? And um, so I was looking for jobs and I was filling out, you know, uh, or, or I, somebody told me, you, you should get a resume. A what? <laughs> you sh you're going to need a resume. And I started applying for jobs and they all asked for this thing called resume. So I thought, okay, I'll write one. Um, preaching, <laughs> pastoral care, uh, Bible study, praying. Um, it, it, was turn, it wasn't turning out so well. My, let's put it this way. My resume was rather thin. I had spent probably 15 years of my adult life at that point uh, as a full-time salaried preacher person. And now I was trying to, you know, find a job in the real world and, and uh, not, not doing so well. And Sue and I, since we had relocated to the Bay Area, you know, when you, when you move, you have to uh, re-register to vote, right? Because you have a new address. So we went to the mall. Uh, you can imagine why, which one of us precipitated that particular journey. But we were at the mall and uh, Sue went off, and as she normally does. Look, I'm, I'm trying to partner with her. When we make these mall trips, I'm trying to, you know, as I get older, I'm, I'm learning how to stay with her and not yawn and do all those kinds of things, look at my watch. I'm really, I'm trying. 
Anyway, on this occasion, we got there, and she went off, and I just sat down, and uh, just, I was going to just wait for her. And I noticed the voter registration table over there, so I went over and got a voter registration form. I thought, well, this would be a good way to spend the time. I sat down and started filling it out, and you get to the, I got to the point where it said occupation. And I, I, I literally stared at that blank box for a half an hour. And uh, I wasn't sure what I was. Because everything I had, I had assumed my, my life would be. I mean, I was there to, to continue, you know, being a pastor. I was there in that city to plant a church. But it, did, it wasn't, we hadn't yet. I wasn't a pastor. In fact, I wasn't anything. I didn't know what I was. In that moment, my identity was challenged pretty severely. And I want to talk to you today about that using Psalm 118. So let's begin reading. Um, and we're going to just read a, a few verses here. Let's begin with verse 1. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endures forever. Let Israel now say, his mercy endures forever. Let the house of Aaron now say, his mercy endures forever. Let those who fear the Lord now say, his mercy endures forever. This is the tone of this psalm. We won't read it all. It's rejoicing. It's exuberant praise from David. He's singing this out of his heart, this exaltation of the great God who has blessed him in so many ways. Verse 21, I will praise you for you have answered me and have become my salvation. The stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. Let me stop right there because a lot of us have heard what we, were we are going to read in just a minute. Jesus say those words. And so we're used to thinking of them as coming out of the mouth of Jesus. But they first came out of the mouth of David in a song. And he's not talking about Jesus. Oh, you know, I should say, look, this is a prophetic psalm. You know, David, he doesn't know it. He's not conscious of it. But he is saying things that will apply to Messiah. But right now, as he's singing just his jubilant, jubilant praise to God, he's talking about himself and he's saying, the stone which the builders have rejected, the person who has been sidelined for decades, do you realize that by this point, this is probably written after David's reign has consolidated. He's been on the run, running for his life because the king of Israel is trying to kill him. Because when he was 15 years old, he was anointed to be king. But there was already a king in place. And that king, Saul, didn't like the fact that another king had been anointed. And so he was doing everything he can to kill David. He was 15 years old. By the time the, uh, Saul died and the southern tribes of Israel, known as Judah, come under King David, and then later the northern tribes of Israel, known as Israel, are also under David's rule. That's when we think he wrote this song, because now everything that God had said about him, everything about, God had said, about what God had said about his identity is now realized. And it's been 22 years 
that his identity, when he, was, when he was 15 years old, Samuel said to him, you'll be king. For 20 years, that identity has been challenged. And now, what was prophesied then, 22 years later, is being realized, and he's just saying, God, the stone, me, that the builders had rejected, that has been just laid aside, skipped over, passed over, has become the chief of the corner. This is, this is your doing, he says. This was the Lord's doing. It's marvelous in our eyes. I, didn't, I don't deserve this. I didn't do anything to, to uh, make this happen. You've done this amazing thing. This is the day the Lord has made. I, I say that a lot. You've heard me. I say that a lot of times on Sunday mornings when we start a service. This is the day the Lord has made. Let's rejoice and be glad in it. When it was first penned, it was in a song that David wrote and he was talking about the day that his identity was realized. Any day, dear one, <laughs> any day when the stone of your life that's been rejected is, is, is put into a place of prominence you don't deserve when God's, God's blessing is upon your life. Don't you love the squeaky door back there? When God's will is being manifest in your life, that is a day God has made. Amen. Let's rejoice and be glad in it. All right. So I want you to look at one thing here and then we're going to turn to Matthew chapter 21. So if you need a head start, you can start going there. We're going to go look at Matthew 21 verse 23. When it, when it says here, the stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. Chief cornerstone, head of the corner is what that means literally. And it can be two things. It can be either the foundation stone, the thing that everything is built upon. You know, it connects the, the, all of the structure. It is the foundation of the building. It can also be the capstone, kind of the, the finish, the last stone. That, that, uh, you know, when you're building the, the arches, it's the, the last stone you put in there that holds everything together at that point. But it's the capstone. So you have, it can either be the foundation stone or the capstone. We're going to talk about both of those things today. Now Matthew chapter 21. Because here we read where Jesus says, Jesus sings this song. Verse 23. Now when he came into the temple, the chief priests and the elders of the people confronted him as he was teaching and said, by what authority are you doing these things? And who gave you this authority? The scribes and the Pharisees, we talked about this a few weeks ago. Look, they had their own police force. They were, they were the power. Now, yes, Rome uh, was ultimately the power, but, but Rome didn't want to interfere unless they had to. The scribes and Pharisees, they were boss. They were like the, I don't, please don't misunderstand, but they, they were like the crime bosses. They had everything under control. And they say to Jesus, who gave you the right to say and do these things? What they're really saying is, what, they say, by what authority do you say and do these things? Who gives you the right? Ultimately, what they're saying is, who do you think you are? They're going right after his identity. 
Who do you think you are to say and do these things? That's what had happened to David for 22 years. You little snot-nosed brat, you think you're going to be king someday? Let me tell you, you've got another thing coming. That's what he heard every day of those 22 years from Saul. And so they're coming after Jesus. Who do you think you are? Verse 42, Jesus said to them, Have you never read in the scriptures? And then he begins to sing. The stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. This was the Lord's doing, and it is marvelous in our eyes. Now he's talking about himself. Now Jesus gets to interpret scripture, okay? He gets to tell us what scripture is about. And so he's telling us when David was penning those words in Psalm 118, he was talking about the Messiah. Verse 43, therefore I say to you, the kingdom of God will be taken from you and given to a nation bearing the fruits of it. And whoever falls on this stone will be broken, but on whomever it falls, it will grind him to powder. We're going to come back to that in a minute, but just notice here that Jesus in response to this challenge to his identity goes back to Psalm 118. He says, I am the foundation. I am the foundation. I'm the one upon whom everything is built. And he says that if you fall on me, meaning humility, you, I'll, I'll talk to you more about this in a minute. You fall on me, you will be broken. He's talking about that hum humility, that humbleness that David was describing when he said, this is, this is your doing, God. I don't, I, don't, I don't deserve this. This is your doing. If you, if you fall on me, if you rest on me as your foundation, that, 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 that's what we're after. The alternative is that this stone that is the foundation of everything lands on you. That's not such a pretty picture. Okay, now turn to Acts chapter 4. Acts chapter 4. I know I'm making your work here, but it's important. Acts chapter 4. We, we were here a few weeks ago and uh, looking at another psalm that's quoted in this passage, but I want you to see something else here. This is where Peter and John, shortly after the resurrection of Jesus, have gone to the temple uh, for the meetings they had there every day, the teaching meetings they had with this new church. The, the, I mean, church had never existed before. Now, now all of a sudden there's this church and they're leading it and teaching it and trying to figure out what to do. They're on their way to the temple for these meetings. And uh, they, they, the Lord uses them to speak to a man who had been lame his whole life, unable to walk. He was there at the temple to beg. That's how he made his living. And they said, look, we don't have any money to give you, but what we got we'll give you. And that's the name of Jesus. And the guy stood up and walked. And they're in trouble because of that. And uh, so they're, they're brought before these same guys, the scribes, the Pharisees, the crime bosses. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. Verse 5, And it came to pass on the next day that the rulers, elders, and scribes, as well as Annas the high priest, Caiaphas, John and Alexander, and as many who were of the... As, 
as, and as many as were of the family of the high priest were gathered together in Jerusalem. And when they had set them in the midst, Peter and John, they asked, by what power or what name have you done this? Who do you think you are? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers of the people and elders of Israel, if this day we are judged for a good deed done to a helpless man, by what means he's been made well, well, let it be known to you all that to all of the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by him this man stands here before you whole. This is the stone which was rejected by you builders, which has become the chief cornerstone. And they're singing Psalm 118. Nor is there salvation in any other, for there's no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Now turn to a little book, a little farther back, 1 Peter. 1 Peter. And you would imagine if there's a 1 Peter, there's at least probably a second, and there is. I want you in 1 Peter chapter 2. And Peter is writing this book, this entire book. He's writing to Christians who are being persecuted. That means that every single day their identity in Christ is being challenged. The fact that they are identifying that with Jesus as Christians, Christians, is being challenged. Verse 4, coming to him as to a living stone, talking about Jesus, rejected indeed by men, but chosen by God and precious. You also, as living stones, are being built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood, to offer up spiritual sacrifices accepted to God through Jesus Christ. Therefore, it's also contained in the scripture, behold, I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone, elect, precious. And he who believes on him will by... No means be put to shame. Therefore, to you who believe, he is precious. But to those who are disobedient or don't believe, the stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. And he's singing Psalm 118. I want you to notice that he says in verse 5, you also, as living stones, are being built up, a spiritual house, a holy priesthood. This is not just about Jesus this is about us too. The stones, the living stones that have been rejected, have been passed over, have been challenged, have been set aside, disregarded. Peter is saying here, you as living stones, he, the living stone, is building up into something. Something spectacular, something glorious. We see here the two meanings of that word, head of the corner. Jesus is the foundation. Everything is built on him. But Peter tells us that there is something else being built. In, uh, we, living stones, are being built up in, into a capstone. Uh, look, we don't deserve it. We, 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 there's nothing in us that would recommend God doing anything favorable for us. All we deserve is, is eternal punishment for our rebellion against him. And yet, this is your doing. This is marvelous in our eyes. This is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Out of these things that we've looked at now, I want to just talk to you about three things. When your identity is challenged. I know some of you, man, 
you know, look, I can't help it. I know some things about you. <laughs> I know some of you. Your, your um, careers that you, you, you've identified yourself as I am this based on your career and that career is being challenged right now. You may be wondering who you are, a stone and that you felt rejected, the stone that's been, that the builders have laid aside. And some of you have, your whole identity has been wrapped up in being a parent or a mother, father, and things are changing. Your kids are growing older and you're not so sure what that means now. Who are, who are you? Who am I? <laughs> Hallelujah. Okay. I can identify with that. But when, you're, when your identity is challenged, and look, there's a, there, is a, there is another one who wants to challenge your identity every single day. You have an enemy. He does not want for you to know who you are in Christ. When you hear that rascal barking in your ear about what a lousy person you are and how, you know, you probably... If God even knows you're, who you are or, who, or that you exist, you're at the bottom of his list. That voice, when you hear that, remember Jesus is the foundation. Jesus is the foundation. And you can safely fall on him. You guys know about this game, Jenga? You know where you build, you take all these little pieces and blocks and you try to build up, you know, a tower as high as you can get it and then, then the, the job is to pull pieces out without uh, the thing falling over. A lot of us have scrapped together, cobbled together a structure for our lives. This is who I am. This is my identity. Well, the, the enemy loves to come along and bit by bit pull stuff out, and his goal is for the thing to topple. But can I tell you something else? That day when I sat there in the courtyard of the mall and I was stumped trying to figure out what to put in that box, occupation, the Lord told me, talked to me about some things. And I realized that not only is there an enemy trying to tear me down, but God sometimes has to take some of the stuff out that we've cobbled together because our identity has gotten wrapped up in things that are not him. And you can find yourself, oh, free fall. But he said to us, fall on me. And I found myself that day falling, but not into the abyss, <laughs> onto the foundation, the cornerstone where God could build an identity. God could build something spectacular, wonderful. That I could be part of a, a capstone. That, I mean, look, I learned beginning that day, not all at once, but enfolding in the weeks and months that followed that day, I learned that day that I, I was called to be a pastor, but it had nothing to do, nothing to do with having a title, having a salary, having an office with my name on a little plaque outside the door, had nothing to do with any of those things. 
And I, I had fashioned this together, this identity that was not godly, and he had to sort of let it. I'm not saying that God caused this thing, but he sure used it. And when I was willing to surrender, I found myself landing on a foundation that a life could be built on, an identity could be built on that would uh, be God-honoring. So remember, Jesus is the foundation. Don't hesitate to fall on him. Let him build you up.